0: episode 44, season 2 of Red Wings Rant. I'm a sleepy boy, but we're still ready to throw all those tirades and impassioned pleas about uh, your Detroit Red Wings uh, in your face. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up the regular season, uh, talking about, uh, I guess, uh, the U18s. Uh, yeah, we've got a few things on the docket, but of course, before we do all that, uh, we do have to wrap up some business. It's of to stop the music.
1: There we go, oh, man! Business time already. Hey. All right, well, big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz all the way to Michael Chandler. I'm rooting for him. We have a great first name together. There will be no shortage of action. Drafting Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. Those are pretty good odds. I like them a lot. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. The other one. We'll have to go buy a belt because they don't give two belts. You know, one to the loser. Uh, we'll be walking away with cash, Matt. Here's how: just bet. Well, you're not. You're probably not eligible. We're gonna find out in a second. Maybe. I got fingers crossed. This isn't just for new people. Here we go. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, A DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to one odds on that fighter. Matt, still sounds good. That's right. Bet one dollar on select fighters. If they win, you win one hundred dollars. Matt, still sounds good. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Man, it's still looking promising. Yes, we're in. Oh, uh, don't worry
0: if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much Ooh. more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. $100. When you bet on a main card fighter to win, place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 and $100 on select main card fighters for a limited limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9 with it. So there it is, Mike. New yes. customers, new customers only. Um, unfortunately,
1: man. man, I'm glad we're doing this podcast together because it looks a lot like uh, Batman is sitting across from me interrogating me uh, with this life situation that I have going on. I'm actually in Columbus, uh, the city of the Blue Jackets. And Matt, let me tell you what a weird experience it is listening to a Red Wing game called by one human being. Man, Bobby Mack called the game by himself. There's no color commentator. I was scrolling through to see if, uh, you know, maybe somebody called in sick. Uh, not the case. Bob is doing his own play-by-play and his own color commentary. Uh, so he takes a break from calling the play to spice up his own narration of the game. Oh. Well, It's incredibly like difficult. One. So I don't know how he does it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's either... to. For his own career to move forward, he's either doing a fantastic job to say, look at everything I can do, or he's spreading himself so thin that none of the jobs are being done properly and he's never going to be seen again once this job runs out. Where, where you would know, you, what, not,
1: what side of the not,
0: spectrum would you put him?
1: I would say uh, not since... Um, Gollum and Sméagol in Lord of the Rings have I seen such a difficult undertaking uh, since Bobby Mack, calling Blue Jackets games. Um, and I know we're wrapping up the season here, Matt. And um, I know that we wanted the Red Wings to tank and make it a lot more, uh, a, a lot easier for Eisenman to, you know, kind of plan ahead for the draft because now we might be, you know, looking at the eighth or ninth seed. But I gotta say, playing the Blue Jackets. Met. I think we've touched upon it a few times this season. It kind of feels like two people at the amateur tennis court who are kind of the same skill level. Yeah. And watching these two teams that are the same skill level uh, just turn the puck over, give up absurd rebounds from a goaltending perspective, and have back and forth up and down play on the ice and scoring four or five goals a game is pretty exciting uh, from a selfish viewer perspective. It doesn't it doesn't bode well for either team because outside when they play good teams they get shellacked, but playing each other, man, this is a fun matchup. I would like to see maybe a fifteen game see uh, like series next year against Columbus.
0: Yeah, I, I, it just was too bad that it was you know two games that we easily could have just lost and tanked, and uh, you know I, I think our draft conversation would would feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: Christ I, didn't I, get the message. Hey. What are you doing? Stopping pucks. You know what? You're done. Get in there. <laughs> yeah, Picard. Picard was like, "I
0: got this." Guys. I get it, guys. Hey, I want a good
1: guy in our team next year.
0: <laughs> oh, another one goes in. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it really did that. That third period. Um, never, you know the the analysis was just sticks are on the ice, like skates are flat, like nobody's lifting them. It's just defensively, nobody gave two. Sh- Nobody gave yeah.
1: two shits. It, I mean, uh, it was you know what reminded me great. of? Um, yeah. Picard, Blashell, and Iserman up in the booth. It kind of in Return of the Jedi, the knowing nods before the uh the lightsaber goes flying up in the air for Luke Skywalker to catch. Just kind of, yeah. mm-hmm. 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 And then, you know, Picard <laughs> let in another one. So But then yeah. both sides were doing that. So then <laughs> Yeah, then the Columbus looks over and they start nodding. Yeah.
0: So I uh yeah, there was there there was the flashbacks to the old South Park episode where both teams were trying to throw the game, the uh, baseball game, <laughs> yeah. and it put South Park just wasn't good enough to throw the game, so they ended up in the finals. But uh, yeah, no, he, I mean the Red Wings even tried, uh you know like, like in that South Park episode, and they uh, South Park uh, cows ended up bringing in uh, Kyle's cousin because he was seen as the absolute worst athlete. <laughs> <laughs> in their age range. Uh yeah, like I mean, is Picard terrible? <laughs> no. But yeah, they I mean they is bring he, in Picard, Joe Paleno. No
1: yeah, huh? he's he's Kyle's cousin Kyle.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. It is Kyle. Um yeah. it's, it's just it's it still didn't work because we ended up making it into into overtime and, and people were tweeting out again about uh it was, it was uh, Sam Gagne that uh I I don't know. There's there's some notion of him him never giving up. Uh, same thing for Feltla again. If we go back to uh, the shootout a little, a uh, few games ago, uh, those two were our heroes. Um, you know, however you want to double them. If you want to call them heroes for for getting us that one extra point to end the season, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it did kind of seem like everything was set up. I mean, I don't know how you could look at like the Valeno and the Picard decision and go, no, we're trying to win this game. Uh, so yeah, anybody that scored yesterday clearly didn't get the message, uh, clearly does not want to come back next season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, take a couple positives out of this, uh, short little series here. We did get, uh, Valeno got his first goal. Yeah. Uh, a
0: juicy one too. Um, definitely look like, I mean, you, if you're going to call somebody a goal scorer, God, uh, the, I don't know, it's, I just, <laughs> same eight phrases in hockey. Uh, if you're going to call someone a goal scorer, you'd like to see the numbers higher. But I, I preface it this way: that did look like a goal scorer's goal. Like that was that was a beauty. That wasn't one of those where uh, I think in years past we call somebody up and they get a tip in goal and it accidentally knocks off their rear end or something. And we're like, "Hey, he got his first goal." I mean, this is a legit. You know, puts it in. I, I'm I'm happy for Valeno. That that looked juicy. That looked fun. Um, but yeah, just call It it, it comes back to really just feels like I'm continuing the argument of he doesn't play the next game. So clearly Blano, you didn't get the message. Why are you
1: putting in goals? Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that, that was. Verona contributed game. again to um, really yeah, looking that, forward to being a rich man this summer. Um, that
0: uh, That's definitely where like the, the next interesting conversation comes in. Right. Like um, I, I, I think the contract for Verana gets, Super juicy. Uh, I think that is probably. I don't know. Prob- if if you had to, if you had to sit there and and, and guess when it when the trade first happened, is Verana with his contract coming up? Is it? Are we just going to put ourselves in the same Manta situation? I think most people would have said no. But I mean, even right now, like with what verana has been able to do, he he has a good track record, a very similar track record, if not better when you take at the advanced, uh, take a look at the advanced analytics, better than Mantha's um, production. So uh, does he get paid the same as Anthony Mantha? I, I, I think um, you'd be hard-pressed not to even... Like, you could even make the argument right now, Mike. I'm, I'm just going to say it. You can make the argument. He could pull in a higher contract number than Anthony Mantha.
1: He, he absolutely could. Woo. Listen to Matt. Next, he's going to be making arguments mean, that Connor McDavid is better than Gretzky.
0: What do you, What do you like? What do you base the idea of this is how much somebody's going to get paid, other than their production? And I mean, I don't know. There's also an element too, like well, I am he, so goddamn yeah. happy to be on a first line and scoring goals as much as he is right now, because it's almost it's it's like to him right now, he gets to go see. I told you I'm better than Ovechkin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know he plays the three Capitals. Sir. He knows he, yeah. there's no way he's gonna sniff uh, <laughs> those first couple of lines. Um, every now and then, second line, but uh, primarily those were third line ice numbers or uh, time on ice numbers. So now he's getting first line numbers. I don't know. I, it's it's so it's so hard to put a finger on, but I'm going to say it's going to be very difficult for anybody to tell me he's absolutely not worth the dollar amount that we gave Anthony Manta, especially when when we analyzed that number, we all thought Manta was getting paid six or seven million, <laughs> and it co- I guess five point nine is pretty close to six. But we we made the argument that seven million was justifiable. So how are we going to look at Ferrano and go absolutely not? He's he's not sniffing that Manta number. Uh, he's, he's going to be low fives or in the fours. I I'm just, if it happens, it's just another Plan fleece, which of course you can pick up your very own Plan fleece <laughs> at bodpodcast.com, yeah. brothers of discussion.com. Just click on the shop uh, button on the homepage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think- that's what it would be at this point. Uh, because I, I just, I, I'll run, I don't know if you want to run through the stats, but I mean,
1: well, you had the back-to-back comparisons for him and Mantha, didn't you?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Verana's eight goals, eleven points in eleven games with the Red Wings. Um, Anthony Mantha right now, thirteen games played. So this is a couple more games. He's got four goals and eight points uh, for the Capitals, and and arguably, you know, you you put you put him in that position where uh, he Scott, I've I just. He's got juicier talent around him. I mean, think about, like, what Verona's got right now. He doesn't even have a Dylan Larkin around him. He doesn't have our second-line center, Robbie Fabry, around him.
1: Fabry was our second-line center.
0: With,
1: was he with Gagne last night? I say he's like Gagne and Panic. <laughs> let me, and... Yeah, let me pull it up, because
0: he was with everybody last night. But I could tell you who he played he the most He was triple-shifting
1: last night. <laughs> no, it's
0: um, I it's, it's a legit comment. um, Because thresholds you know he does mix up the lines uh but yeah i can tell you who he's playing with the most last night and this is great uh podcast
1: this is what people uh, want. this hear. is
0: <laughs> primarily uh and panic for 14 minutes oh, uh, last okay. night but yeah he he touches on uh touches the ice with everybody um yeah but i mean you just said oh Philpola. but it should have been like what Philpola? like <laughs> that's Right, I mean that's that's the center right now, and he's still producing. Um, so yeah, I guess here's here's the thing, Mike. Uh, I tweeted that out last night. I think the main argument is just to keep coming back to what a horrendous job Washington did, and and bringing in Anthony Mantha, and what a great job Steve Eiserman did once again um, for a guy that's only. I mean, I mean, he's a year closer to his prime, if you want to say that. I I don't know what Washington was thinking, but yeah. Um, so far, the production is down. Uh, it's not like Washington, you know, has been winning left and right. If anything, they've just been <laughs> stuck in controversy recently. Um, Mantha's even taken one in the teeth. Uh, that's his most recent storyline. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, we, can, we can talk about. Ice have been doing a great job of, of uh, bringing over very comparable talent. Uh, So really, you're just losing the size of Anthony Manta is what is what we're seeing. Um, But again, I don't want to rag on Manta. I think a lot of people see that Manta was uh, coming around defensively, uh, but you still have all of those other things that were wrapped into an Anthony Manta, like the injury problems that uh, as soon as that crops up again for Washington, what are they going to be thinking? Um, But I mean, at this point, we can just get further and further away from comparing Verano to Manta and just go, holy crap. Like, Verona just pulled in a point-per-game production with, honestly, the Mike, this right now is the worst roster we've seen in the last two years.
1: And he's... Like, he's contributing with guys who are not going to be on the team next year, for sure. Definitely not in two years, so definitely not next year. So, it's like, it's almost like he's doing a worst-case scenario for uh, Iserman's budget. Because he's like, hey, look what I'm working with here, bud. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely worth, you know, at least Mantha the money, uh, because you had him here and he didn't get any points. You brought me here, boop uh, leading the team in points. So, right.
0: That was, that was that I never got to that. Uh, 21 points in 42 games this season. Like if you guys, if you guys want to make the argument that he was just down because he's on this team. Then I say, again, like, and that's the argument for Anthony Mantha being an elite level talent. Um, I, I just could, I would come back to this argument that pretty sure Verona wasn't feeling so hot knowing he was going from playoff contender to the Red Wings. And uh, instead he just wanted to turn these, you know, these last 11 games into something productive for himself. And I, I, God damn, do I respect that. Um, you know, and who knows what the mental health uh, situation could be, so we always have to throw that out there. It could be something worse than what uh, we can just put into words for Anthony Mantha, but, I mean, then we just put Mantha in a better situation, and we brought a guy, Verano, over who's going to be better for, I mean, the continued rebuild, and nobody's saying that this is anywhere near being done, so win, right. win, 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 win. Like, it's, it's everything Michael Scott wants out of... Um, <laughs>
1: out of a negotiation yeah Yeah. um but uh i mean you know our friends of the show ken cal and darren mccarty you know no you know pat ourselves on the back there um just keep talking about sample size so again you still have to take this you know uh with a little a little perspective but we wondered which narrative was gonna um you know hold sway was it that mantha you know was kind of you know, in a, in a rough situation. So let's get him on a good team and see how he produces. And, you know, he, he did favorably. Or is it Rana, you know, he's been kind of toiling away on second, maybe even the third line. Let's kind of see if he's given an opportunity to, you know, get more ice time and kind of be a, a um, you know, situational leader, you know, on the power play um, on, you know, the first or second line consistency. Let's see how he performs. And it definitely looks like, like Verona's trying to fulfill that um, that storyline where it looks like yeah, just give me a, it doesn't matter who's on my line, I'm still gonna lead this team in points. So it it small sample size, I know, but at least it's positive. You know, well, even
0: even from that small sample size argument, you could still go back in Verona's numbers, and if we were trying to say, um, you know, we 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 kept saying his, his numbers are very comparable to Anthony Mantha's over his career. Like those those two career totals, very comparable. Um, and then you get a younger Verona, a younger than Mantha, uh, is what I'm saying. And um, I, I guess what we've seen so far is that if if he's producing higher, surely he can come back to where he was producing before. And that goes along the lines of how many minutes he had per night, because um, that so you know his best season, fifty two points and sixty nine games looks pretty good to me. Uh, that was about 15 minutes uh, per game and now he's getting over 17 minutes. So uh, it could, it could be the increased ice time. I I mean, there's so many different things that you want to throw in there, but I'm just going to say he's had pretty good production and it's gotten even better now. So I I don't want to say we can expect a point per game production, but we, we could be pretty, we could be pretty thrilled about this. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you got the stats. You got the eyeball test. It's uh, it's encouraging stuff. So, uh, really very excited to see uh, what kind of number this guy earns this summer from uh, Uncle Stevie. So, as we
0: uh, wrap up the season, Mike, um, we do have some questions, I guess, that come from these couple of comments I put up here. We do we do have more wins, Mike. We we do finish. Uh, I shouldn't say over 500. We're actually right at, we we finished at 500 in the second half of the season, which is, I mean, if that happens the first half of the season, the, and (laughs) where, you know, you sit at that midpoint at 500, then you're sniffing a playoff spot. That that would have been fun for Wings fans to to take a, to take a peek at, but instead we do the second half of the season, finish 500. Um, Mike, and and I threw in here on the notes, this goes uh, hand in hand with what we were just talking about. Uh, you see that it is possible to score on a consistent basis with this team with Jakub Verano's numbers. So it is possible. It, it's not, I should say, it's not impossible. You can't, we can't look at this offense and say it's impossible to score because we brought in a guy who showed uh, you can you can have a production size uh, over the last 11 games and, and make it look easier to score. So uh, there, there's a lot of positives, I think, to, to come out of this. But uh, just to compare how we've improved. So there's there are more wins. We have that pretty hot second half finish. Uh, but let, let's just go down the list here. We'll compare 2019 and 20 season to the 2021 season. Uh, the goals for percentage. So this isn't anything about being expected. This is straight up goals for, goals against. goals for percentage in that crappy season was 35%. And this year we've kicked it up to 43.72%. You're a losing team. You're not going to be above 50% in this uh, uh, statistic. I mean, that's the long and short of it, but that, if you're trying to find, like, what did we do to to have this record look a little bit juicier, Clearly, goals against came down, and we all know that, but from the perspective of what we're bringing in or bringing to the table and giving up, uh, we got a little bit closer to 50 uh, the expected goals for, that's where we are talking about the analytics getting in the way and uh, telling us what the score should be. Uh, we were at 44% last year. This is—I mean, These are five-on-five five numbers. We're at 45% this year. That's an improvement, but not much. I, I would say that's not statistically significant to say that we've played so much better. I think it could come back to um, these numbers uh, and why the goals for percentage uh, went up is because of our PDO. And our PDO is measuring our save percentage as a team and our shooting percentage as a team and generates a number to say, if this is above 100, uh, you're doing much better than maybe you should. If you're below 100, you could probably be doing much better. And if you're right at 100, you're probably performing from a production standpoint, from an actual production standpoint, you're probably right about where you should be. Our PDO mic last year was 0.967, which doesn't sound like it's too far away from 100, but this year we're at 0.994. So we're, we're right there. We're kissing 100 of uh, uh, PDO. So that would suggest that we are performing right where we should be. And then when you take a step back to the expected goals number being 45% and the goals for percentage, the actual goals for percentage being 43, it all adds up. It all makes sense, right? Uh, we, we started doing things closer to what the expected numbers said we were supposed to be doing. Uh, so that, that, I guess... That adds up. Uh, But here's here's the one thing I think hurt, hurt the Red Wings, hurt their look. And uh, obviously we had that huge drought in the first half and we just talked about going 500 in the second half of the season. Uh, Mike, the drought was so bad that we had our friend of the show, Prashant Dyer, put out that the first, you know, whoever, whoever scores the first power play goal. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna donate that number to the uh, Jamie Daniels Foundation. Like it, it got that much publicity. We were doing that poorly, um, and that got us a ten percent throughout the season, Mike. For our power play percentage, we actually dropped almost five percentage points this year in power play percent, Mike. For all for all of the arguing we do about how little. Um, like the razor thin margins, I think that coaching can bring to the table. This is something that needs to be addressed. If, um, if it's about Jeff coming back next year and getting new assistant coaches, so be it. But I, I, a 10% power play percentage for the season is, whoo doggies, that's horrendous. And think about just bringing it up to 15%. We're probably talking, uh, you know, an over 500 second half record and we're definitely not where the next conversation is going to be, our, be, be about our draft position. We're not talking about being even close to this draft position. That's, that's as low as we're going to be able to get, um, which isn't as low as everybody wanted. But I, Mike, this all happened. We had all the, the injuries. We had COVID. But we have, we have an abysmal, yeah. god-awful power play percentage. And it, I can't believe it's worse than it was a year ago. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you talk about year in review, that needs to be, that's number one, that needs to be addressed. I don't know if it's player personnel, but we know we saw a team that couldn't get, they couldn't get past, uh, the blue line. They couldn't enter the zone. All those times that we shared videos, uh, even on this, on this channel that we were saying, look at how hard it is for us to enter the zone. That is a combination of poor planning and lack of skill. So as we get more skill. You, you'd assume that whatever the strategy is, that the percentage of entering the zone is going to go up. Uh, but um, along with that, we need better plans than dump and chase on the power play. So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, it's so tough, man. Because um, look, I'm not saying that Blashill is the greatest hockey coach of all time, but. Just looking at the teams that are, you know, at the top of the standings, um, you know, your your Golden Knights, uh, your Hurricanes. Um, who else can I throw up there? I'll throw the Panthers up there. Points wise, they're up there. Okay. As much as as much grief as we give, uh, you know, Blashill, it still looks like this is still talent related. Um, most of those top teams, you know, we're not going to talk about, well, you know, we made mention of McDavid for a minute, uh, basically with a hundred points. And then as soon as you get past his line, who, you know, dry is excellent. And sometimes, you know, he'll, you know, center his own line or whatever, but, um, past that it's, it's a lot of people kind of in the same mean, the same average, um, you know, points wise. And it looks like the Red Wings have that established, we have a bunch of guys, you know, in this shortened season, you know, getting about, you know, 20-ish, 20, maybe maybe just cross that 30 threshold, you know, injuries uh, notwithstanding. But it's that top line that we just don't have it. Um, even if you want to go to, you know, Florida, I don't know how enamored you are with, you know, the Barkovs of the world, um, the Huberdo, Huberdos of the world, uh, go to Carolina get our boy Sebastian, um, you know, the, the good Sveshnikov brother. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, and then the Golden Knights. Uh, what is it, Pecky Pecuretti and Mark Stone. It's, you know, it's a talent thing. We don't have those guys that are getting that 60 points, you know, in the in a shortened season or, you know, getting close to that point per game production. Um, it looks like Verana can get to that point, you know, sooner rather than later, you know, he's already kind of doing it for us now in a, you know, it's a, a smaller sample depleted, size, but yeah, the depleted roster. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a top line away. That's, that's basically the difference between the Red Wings and, you know, the, the top, the cream of the crop, if you want to quote our beloved macho man, rest in peace. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know how much a coach, how much a difference that's really going to make. It's going to be about, you know, Getting that top talent, and it might be Iserman having to tank two more seasons in a row.
0: (laughs) Right, and I I think we'll see a lot of what Iserman thinks of like the next two draft classes, which are pretty juicy uh, based on uh, the free agency period. I, I I don't, you can't pull anything from the draft um, unless it's unless it's him doing just pulling in more trades for more draft picks. um, Because those, those, like
1: the more draft picks
0: he pulls in, the the. The timeline doesn't get closer. It's just we have more guys we need to develop. Uh so whatever I, we do in that free agency period we'll we'll be telling.
1: Yeah, I mean you were trying to show there's a a few, you know, percentage wise areas where the Red Wings improved from the previous season where we're not historically awful. But I mean, you know, Iserman can only do so much with kind of reshuffling who's gonna be in the third and fourth line, who's gonna be the second, third defensive pairing. You you need a top line. You need a top yeah. defensive pairing. Um, it definitely looks like Mo Sider can fill one of those top five spots. So we almost have one of those five.
0: <laughs> Which I would challenge everyone right now to go watch uh, a couple of episodes ago. We talked about what we would do in the off season. Um, and, uh, actually, man, that was like three or maybe that was four episodes ago. Um, I mean, you know, if, if a Dougie Hamilton is what's coming in, in the off season, I mean, chances are we're still having like a New York Rangers type season who have some pretty high level talent with uh, like Artemi Panarin. and they bring him in. Did they win a Stanley Cup? Nope. Uh, so you bring in Dougie Hamilton, you, you've at least crossed off maybe first defensive pairing. I think you could make an argument that that is the direction. You know what I mean? Like, but that's still only one thing. That's still only one thing crossed off. And then you still, still need all three so many other of our
1: points. top scoring line. <laughs> right
0: you, you and that that also depends on how much do you see out of zadina um like we talked about it last couple episodes he's still sitting at a seven percent war uh based on the the j fresh numbers which we've talked about you know extensively we do trust those numbers and that that puts him Damn, that's 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 pretty far down, Mike. So we know he's not close. We're not saying that he's bad. Not saying that at all. We just say we're you're saying when you're at seven percent that you're you're not ready to be elevated to the first line. Um, the, the the eyeball test uh may may suggest that uh you know at some point if the production were just to kick up because the talent level kicked up, uh he'd get there quicker. But uh, yeah, the analytics test uh it, it's right now. It's failing. It's a failing grade. I'm sorry. If we're going to judge everybody on it, it right now, it's a failing grade. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you cross off the list? You could, I think all of us, if we looked at Jacob Verano, we'd be so much happier if he was leading the second line. Uh, and we had, you know, a whole nother top line. Uh, but yeah, if, if he's, he's our first liner, he just proved he can go to point per game pace for 10 games, did it for 11 games Um but I guess that's not where we really need this conversation to go right now. I think, uh, Mike, back to the power play conversation like you were talking about. I mean, you could either bring it to the top power play performers in the league, have a have a playoff spot right now, or you go look at where we're at in the power play performances, and we're at the bottom of the league. And everybody who has, uh, I would say, below 17, everybody who has below a 17.76% Mike is nowhere near sniffing the playoffs. And we really, like, it's just this little chunk of teams that almost make power play goals impossible. Because there's <laughs> there's the 17.76% up to 27%. Those are like, I would say those are like normal teams. Um, and they're all pretty close to sniffing a, a playoff position. There's a couple of teams that snuck in that probably have no business being there. But if you can get into that realm, that's, that's where you are, you know, yes, puck luck, but yeah, you're, you're kicking up uh, the talent level on that first line considerably and, uh, injuries. Sure. They did happen, but I think we all saw what was going on even when we did have Larkin and Mantha in there. So I, I think the question is, do, you know, do you think Dylan Larkin is going to, how, how much more of a step forward can he take? And we can get into that in a later date. Um, And I think we all kind of had at least the question of Manta. Now that's not a question we need to worry about anymore. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, But pulling in, did we improve from last season? I think you could absolutely say there were improvements, no problem. But if you want to find the one spot that if that also improved, we probably would have been okay. But you know, why did it not improve talent level? Um, so yeah, that that's that. We'll stick the we'll stick the uh, the knife right in the heart of the power play there, and just we'll we'll, we'll move forward. But yeah, that's that's yeah, it I mean, in a nutshell. You,
1: hope, uh, you really gotta hope that uh, you know Verona, Larkin, and Bertuzzi can be a top power play unit because otherwise, next season is going to be pretty rough. <laughs> um, in terms of you know how much mo- how many more years of this are we going to have to sit through? And uh, right. if that unit you know isn't isn't firing isn't scoring. Um, especially with, uh, you know, Cider and uh, Dougie on the blue line, you know. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's it's going to be a while. So hopefully hopefully, Bert comes back, uh, you know, healthy from that back surgery. And, uh, yeah. you know, kind of kickstart that, you know, make, maybe not make that rebuild take uh, a whole decade, maybe like half a decade. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just to wrap up the season though, our, our draft position currently, uh, according to NHL.com, we have the seventh worst record. So you could still squeeze in a Seattle crack in there, putting us at eighth best uh, lottery odds, which is is not great. Um, but uh, you know, we still have Calgary, who's got five games left. Vancouver, who's got seven games left. They're five, Vancouver's five points behind us. Calgary is one point behind us. Um, so that gives us potential for like the sixth best lottery odds. Um, and I, I would say to everybody, uh, go check out the, you know, go check out elite prospects, uh, check out the consolidated, uh, rankings. If you guys have access to it, like that is where, uh, that's where you can kind of take that uh, sigh of relief because I I think we're looking at something that if you're going to look at all the players, I I think the margins are going to be pretty, pretty razor thin, Um, clearly we're going to look back five years from now and go, wow, this team won. But I think right now, I I don't know if there's enough to say that there's a solid, you know, number one guy. And I think we've talked about that extensively the last couple of episodes. So I think that that just plays into these top 10 guys. I think you can find somebody serviceable. And if we're arguing, if any of these guys are going to be first line, first pairing defense, first, first line forwards, first pairing defensemen, and maybe they're all (laughs) Uh, the ceiling is like middle six. Uh, you're hoping for a top four defenseman. uh you're you're really not gonna be too hurt with where whatever landing uh, spot you get here. If, if anything, Mike, I think we want to fall outside of the lottery odds this year uh, because like we were talking before we even started recording, uh, those performances in the u eighteens get you really excited for next year's draft and the draft after that. so there there's a lot of good coming soon. Uh, and potentially good uh, for the Red Wings, but just not, maybe not this year. Uh, but yeah, you want to hit those uh, UFAs?
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say with that draft, um, I mean, this is one that's kind of up Iserman's wheelhouse where it kind of feels like, yeah, I don't, there's no consensus. We don't even know who's good. And Iserman will just kind of swoop in and, you know, snag two All Stars somehow.
0: Got our season wrapped. Uh, Let's uh, sail off into the sunset. We went we on here. I think we, we got two it. episodes, Mike. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is two episodes. Yeah, we did it! Woo! Woo! All right, thanks All right. for tuning in, everybody. Uh, let's uh, sail off, Mike. Enjoy your trip to
1: Ohio. Ooh. Well, the Columbus Zoo is nice. Okay, I saw a manatee yesterday. Beautiful. Great. And Andrew- I wasn't even at the zoo yet. <laughs> As an Ohio <laughs> joke. Zing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We can say
0: a All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one.